Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, Pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, Pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, Professor and Director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Diocese of Sioux Falls! How's everybody doing out there? This is Joe Rutten from Rutten Radio with the Rutten Brothers coming at you live from Real Presence Network! <laughs> you, you How are we doing, fellas? You do know it's Ash Wednesday, right? I know, So we're but... supposed to be somber and... But every day on Rotten Radio. Oh, every day on Rotten Radio, it's Christmas. <laughs> actually, that would not be true. No. Because Rotten Radio is not that important. I was actually kind of excited to not be so against you after our last after our last episode, which is everybody was a lot humbled. of talk. Everybody was uh, humbled. I sort of felt like I love my brothers more, and I was yeah. thinking, yeah. you know, go with it. Be, be he's different no, than you. That, right. Not that much different though. We got our DNA test back. Yeah, uh, John from, and I are. Yeah, we are. You're like twins. The same. We are. Identical. Yeah, just oh, like bio- no way. Yeah, just like, like scientifically proved what. A what? mother always knew, uh, but uh, we can talk about that we another time. But I was thinking, you know, he's a lot like me, but he's still different than me, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm gonna learn to love the differentness of him. So I was really excited. I'm like, oh yeah, like, yeah sorry. We'll start it I up, apologize. and I've been repeating it over the last few days. But then when you did it, it was a bit over the top. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it's all right. No, we're it doing very Ash well. Wednesday. We are doing, and it, it is, is Ash Wednesday, Wednesday, and it's so all right. A little to have more somber. A little excitement. Well, let's uh, kind of jump in first just uh, to our listeners out there. Obviously, we always enjoy interacting with you. So if you're on Facebook or somewhere, typically our Rutten Radio Facebook uh, page is a great place to interact with us. But um, otherwise, <laughs> some of you know us personally, and we get texts from you as we're talking. But uh, Don't let me forget to bring up an amazing story about somebody through Rutten Radio that when do you want about, us to? Well, uh, whenever I'm it pretty comes sure up. we'll forget. So, all right, well, I'll write a note. So, so this is. <laughs> so, or we'll do it now. So, oh, well, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do that right now. So, listeners out there, we, we've got lots of places you can listen to us on your, your iPhone apps and all of those fun places, your traditional radio, AM, FM radio, and your cars, wherever you might be. But we just want to kick it off here on Ash Wednesday. Ask the Lord and the Spirit's present to be with us. And hopefully, it opens your mind and your hearts and uh, speaks through us. So, with that, it looks like the the Holy Spirit is spontaneously has a way to kick this off with a story, John. What do you got? Well, we when we were live, yep. it, we got lots of interaction. It was a lot more fun. I really, sure. um, and that sort of died, you know, yeah. but people are still listening. And so if you're out there, like send a message, send a like, send a note, do something that reminds us that you're around, if you would, please. It energizes us. So Good, because someone, it's evident someone, Joe needed an energy this someone morning. When we were, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Joe. Okay, never. <laughs> Sorry, no, I apologize. When we were live and we had T-shirts, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. someone gave a great post uh, uh, that we've known for a long time, and they want a T-shirt, and we just had a lot of fun, and yeah. I was kind of amazed to find out that they were listening. Right, and they came to see me the other day. No hmm. way. Yeah, and like their life is bursting with faith, and. It's really, it's really powerful 
to see what's happening in this person. And uh, they said it had a lot to do with the episode we did on Providence. No way. Yeah, they said we, we talked about it over and over again. We just kept talking about providence, providence, providence. Yeah. And he started to see that his life isn't a series of accidents or a wow. series of just random things, but mm. that like God is doing something in the midst of these ordinary things. So when we were done meeting, I, I said, you know, isn't it, isn't it incredible that uh, faith can have, you know, something to do with your work? And he said, yeah, and my children hmm. and my wife. Wow. And I thought, my gosh, this is when the church is vibrant. This is when people uh, find something incredible is when the relationship, everyone knows they want to have a better relationship with their spouse, you know, but uh, how, do, how is the church relevant to that? Well, he's saying it is because I'm like yep. different. <laughs> uh, how is it relevant to raising kids? You know, raising kids, I don't have to do it, but I can see it's a work, you oh, know, sometimes man. when I'm over at your place, Joe, and I'm like, oh my word, <laughs> it's really easy to think this is a simple thing well, to do. And knowing uh, and doing is a goal for me. So like yeah. knowing what is true, good, right, noble, how I would teach this and, and preach this versus me living it uh, <laughs> is like the Grand yeah. Canyon in between, yeah. right? And so like, the reality is, is that my brokenness, the more attentive I get to God's providence, the more aware, the more it's like, it's almost sharpens <laughs> the, the brokenness. Mm. Right. I'm more sensitive to it. And then it's like, if I'm not careful, that's the key right there. Go to God's grace, yeah. go to God's providence, ask somebody for help, seek advice, be patient, like that's the kindness. What's the the famous passage of the, the weddings? Love is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. I'm telling you, I used to hate that passage because I didn't understand like how it lived out. And then I'm also I'm like, right now I need that. I need kindness. Like right. that's the passage that we all pray for at marriage. But the lived reality of that passage is like very, very difficult and challenging. Sure. Anyway, God's providence. We right. definitely, yeah. I definitely need his grace yeah. in my marriage. I so it was a real blessing to see that the, the fruit of this life that's lived over the years right. is, is really, I mean, it's real. I kind of wanted to say as the person was sitting there, I was like, it works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's, I don't know. You yeah, know there's no, sometimes yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, this never works. It just, it, whoa. And I'm just like, it works. Jesus works. Absolutely. <laughs> the church well, is relevant. And the show too, right? This yeah. is a work that is not easy for us. We're all three coming from different cities and have a million different things going on and certainly have obstacles in yeah. front of us. To if make you aren't this. aware of that, listen to last month's episode. <laughs> okay, continue. Um, and just to know sure. that those are the things that make me say, no, this is worth, yeah. I, I, I yeah. enjoy this. But there is, it isn't just us three sitting in a room having a bunch of fun together. Like, no, there's actually some benefit to the work of God going on in people's lives as they listen. So if you're out there listening, you've been touched in some way, you know what? Maybe just jump on Rotten Radio, put a little message on there, or PM one of us and just say, hey, this is how Rotten Radio and listening has impacted or changed me. We'd vet, we'd be, be uh, appreciative. And if you don't want it mentioned across the globe, you got to tell us yeah. that. <laughs> I keep the person's identity a little secret. It was quasi- 
uh, yeah. open. No, so, well, <laughs> we're here on Ash Wednesday, True. so maybe just quickly, uh, we're not going to spend the show on Lent necessarily. We're going to talk about our movie of the month, Tree of Life, and then we're going to kind of go into some things that have been happening in our lives. True. But Ash Wednesday, um, here it is today. What's in front of us? What's in front of you? What would you have as a message for those that might be listening? Well, well, I guess as you were just sharing, you know, talking about, you, you know, your need, that that really is the whole point of Lent, you know, uh, to put us in a position in which we're starkly aware of our need for God. Remember, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Like if that doesn't sort of say, you know, hello, remember Remember, man, you are dust. Mm. Uh, remember, Joe, mm. you're not supposed to be able to do this on your own. Mm. So that when we do bump up against our humanity, we bump up against this, the ideal, you know, even St. Paul says, strive for the highest goals. But I will show you a more excellent way. Like St. Paul says, yeah, strive for it, Joe. Go right. for it. But you're going to fail. You have to fail. Right. Because we're not asking you to do something that's humanly possible. Right. But in Christ. But in Christ, all things are possible. And so this real challenge for me has been to, to rethink Lent and to see it as an opportunity to be more aware of how much God wants to help me. Hmm. But I won't let him. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's this idea of, you know, am I willing to push Lent far enough that I have to say, only with God's grace will I get through these 40 days. Right. Versus, you know, I've done chocolate and it works and, you know, it's tough the first few days, but I usually get through it. And then, you know, right. it makes for a great Lent. And then, you right. know, you lose a little bit of weight and, you know, well, that's a good thing. That's not what we're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, Paul, it's interesting. I, I've always, I kind of teach with my humanity. I teach in my brokenness. I, I think it's important. It keeps me from trying to present somebody I'm not to people. It's hard. I, I Being a priest and being a person up on the pulpit, that's got to be a challenge, not living a dualistic life where it's like, here I am, but then I'm broken too, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you don't want to like yeah. gush your brokenness yeah. right. from the podium. It, it's yeah, not there. It's really session. weird when right. you do that in the wrong way. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you, you there's a humanness that it's important that we see out of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, to, to be able to just stop and say <laughs> that... You know, we're dust, we're broken, that we can strive for, for greatness a higher way. But, you know, ultimately it comes down to Christ and his grace and his presence in our life. And are, am I this Lent just trying to figure out some little thing that I'm doing that really has almost no impact on my life? Or am I taking this thing seriously in a way that says, you know what, am I coming into an encounter with Christ right here today and over the next 40 days that actually is beneficial and transformative to me? And, and part of that, I think, goes back to what we said about faith being relevant to life is um, in these in this time of penitential practices today, we um, eat, um, we fast, one, yeah, 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 we fast and wait um, and then make this decision to sort of sacrifice something or to give something up or to um, do a work of penance throughout this season. And there's there's a place that I can make that decision from my head. My belly is too big, and therefore I'm going right. to not eat greasy foods for Lent. Like, yep. As opposed to a place of my heart 
a place of reality, something in front of me, something that's really happening. And I could say, ah, when I um, come into the office, I always beeline it for my my office, you know, and maybe what I need to sacrifice is this need I have to like get going and do something. And I need to look at people and maybe what I need to do is to give five minutes of time to the people mm. that are in the cubicle next right. to me or in somewhere. Yeah. So there's a difference. Uh, so if you pray, if you're asking God, God, what are you asking of me? Like right. it sort of appears and it comes, it is a part, your head is a part of the decision, but your heart includes your head and your whole of reality and your reasonable look at, at things. And so, uh, that's what I think is right. fascinating. And when, when we sort of shift it, then it becomes helpful to me because it impacts my life and the relationships that are around wow, me or, or who right. I am as a person in light of the circumstances I'm in. You know, maybe God wants me to be fat for a little bit longer. Right. And is and he, you know, right. and he wants me to take care of this thing over here and he'll get to my weight issue uh, or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever that is. Yep. When it, when I don't time. know that I've ever actually had just right here listening to you two makes me want to rethink what I'm doing. Uh, but how cool would it be if we fasted from things like that? We fasted from avoiding people or right. we fasted from um, avoiding our interior movement that says that I really struggle to confront people when they, uh, whatever right. it is, these, uh, these different ways of looking at Lent in a way that actually encounters my spirit and who I am and the challenges I have in my interior life. I just, the second, like, what if you went up to somebody and said, Hey, what are you giving up with Lent for Lent? And they said, well, I'm giving up avoiding people. Yeah. Right. I mean, you would be like, you're what? You're giving up yeah. avoiding? Well, yeah, you know, I kind of have a tendency where I kind of don't like confrontation in the office, especially my boss, you know, or Jackie next to me. I'm going to give up avoiding her. I'm going to try and reach out and just be, fr yeah. be, be in friendship to her. I think the other person would be totally shocked and would probably go back to their cubicle and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm just like that. <laughs> you know, or, or wow, you know, the, it resonates. And when it resonates out of your human experience, it like jumps to the other person more easily. And then if you are praying for grace in that, right. then you witness a disposition to the other person that what I'm really doing is recognizing I can't do this and I need God's grace. Right. And that's the purpose of this whole thing. It's not about me, uh, the Stoics. Right. Did a really good job of being penitential. Yep. Right. The whole purpose of this is for Jesus. <laughs> it's not to right. to become more perfectly. You know, we could go do something else and not have to go to mass on Sundays and not have to be Christian and not have to. You know, yep. uh, the Stoics did it really well. Uh, we're about Jesus, and this is a path I think that puts us in a position of our need. And in interestingly enough, in, for me, it points to the movie. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Totally. The whole time I'm like, let's okay, go well, to the we movie. can talk yeah. about the movie. So, so we've, yeah. we've, got, okay. we've got 12 minutes. we got about 10 minutes. Let, I just want, let's jump into it. Paul, you said something about put us in a position where we are in need of God. Does Lent put us in a position where, I don't know, I'm thinking, uh, hello, the movie. Transition, and you take the conversation and move in at our movie of the month, The Tree of Life. Yep, and so it was, I didn't know what to expect, never heard of it. Uh, and so, Father John, you recommended it. Uh, and what I found the other day, we had went to a movie and my one sort of gripe about sort of Christian movies or movies with good morals 
is they just sort of spoon feed the whole thing to you. Like you don't ever have to think you don't ever have to wonder this movie. I'm like scratching what hair I've got. <laughs> yeah, why I'm are like, there dinosaurs yeah, in there's here? There's dinosaurs, there's <laughs> volcanoes. And, and it's like, I'm like, I'm like trying to, to figure out what is this movie trying to say to me? Yeah. Uh, and, and that was good because it really had to make me just sort of step back and say, well, let me just watch it and see what happens uh, and watching. And it really is a movie about nature and grace. Hmm. You know, this reality that there's humanity and there's a need for grace in, in, in the midst of it. Um, he, in the movie, he quotes from the book of Job as well, you know, and it's that scene, you know, where Job is sort of given God the what for, and then God just sort of says, uh, <clears throat> Job, where were you when? And it's like my favorite line, like, where were you, Job, when uh, I created? Where were you when? And and it's this reminder that often I can be the one who's like, well, God, let me just tell you. And God sort of says, well, Father Paul, where were you when? Um, so it, it 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 is kind of a hard movie to follow because there's like multiple levels to the movie uh, in the midst. But there is this weird creation mm-hmm. uh, scene. But for the most part, you're following a family uh, who grows up in the South, uh, striving to do the right thing uh, in the midst of it all. But most of the movie is a flashback uh, as well. And so it, it's just this kind of strange dynamic of life and grace. Father John, the uh, quick little synopsis, uh, what's at the heart of the, the movie that, the, uh, that they're asking you to, uh, the proposal they're asking you to consider? Uh that we have this freedom to choose to live our life according to a principle of grace or a principle of nature, um, which is a principle with which in front, I would say in front of the difficulties of the world, the, the, the suffering of the world, uh, do I see that God is here aiding me or do I see that it's a place that I have to make myself to survive and to become someone? Um, they use this 1950s idealist, you know, it's a very, it's a really interesting look back. Yeah. Kids, young people today will have no idea what this time frame is like. Like it's, it's, um, you know what that means? That means you're getting old. <laughs> That you remember something that the next generation doesn't. <laughs> well, and even I wasn't alive. Like right. it's, it's, it's really like the like, 80s. It's yeah. like all of a sudden you were But it's there. our ability. <laughs> anyway. Like we would say, we grew up watching like Leave It to Beaver. Right. Yeah. And it's so we watched Beaver. a movie right. or a TV about, series about a right, time period. Right. Whereas today they're watching, you know, the 80s. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. And, and it really <laughs> felt like how we grew up in the North End of Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. You know, Kids running around. Run around the street, running around people's backyards, right. throwing balls over the house, you know, all those things we did. I remember trying to get the ball over the house. You know, it's three stories high. You know, <laughs> well, I can't do that, but I can get it over that garage and the neighbors. Uh, anyway, so it's a very idealistic thing but interspersed in it are these like nature scenes mm-hmm. that are bringing you to this place in front of suffering that job was put in front of where were you when i created the world and so there's these sort of the stars the dinosaurs the sort of yeah. all of creation uh is made up here and the thing that i found was in front of the the real protag i don't know what the right, right word is but uh one of the sons there's two sons 
who the father and the mother, the father is nature and the yeah, mother is grace, grace. And how they raise these sons is playing out these mm. two dynamics. And one of the sons dies in the war and it, right. and it really is what provokes so much. And the thing that I, that I noticed was number one, it was really interesting to not have everything be like shoot up, you know, violent sexual things. Like it was just your ordinary ways in which we fall short. We impact people. Like I kept thinking he sees that man with handcuffs being put in the car. This little boy does. And he says, can that happen to anybody? Mm. Well, you know, inside him, he's saying like, they won't do that to me. Will they like, so it's real, it's, it's much subtler and you realize the human person is impressionable Oh, and we have become so violent or we've become so desensitized that, I mean, we can't even conceive of what it is to have these simple wounds and in front of it, then um, they grow up, they grow up. And the thing that I noticed most was it doesn't happen overnight. The dad doesn't, isn't like some alcoholic person who's beaten the kids up or, you know, it's, it happens over time. He lives by this principle that puts him in a position that he ends up more and more less himself maybe would be the right say, phase. And so at a certain point he does sort of, get rough, but it didn't happen overnight. And yet at the same time, you can see in that his desire is for his boys to turn out well. Mm -hmm. Like it comes from a place of goodness. Like the the Mm. father wants these boys to be strong, to be resilient, to be, you know, that they got to get ahead. You got to work hard, all these things. Uh, And and so how do I do that? You know, well, Mm. we fight. So I'm going to teach my kids how to fight and, you know, cause that, cause you just got to be able to fight because life is tough in the midst of all of that. Uh, one of the interesting ones was you so you could see as this boy is growing up, his animosity towards his dad, like it's just building over time. Uh, and there's the scene where the dad's working under the car oh, uh, and the gosh. car's up on a jack and you can see the boy looking at the jack <laughs> And looking at the dad and looking at the Jack and looking at the dad and looking at the Jack and really wrestling with. Makes me want to throw up. What do I do? But, but, but I think what was good about it is it caused me to, to be with it. Right. Like, well, nobody would know. Like it's an accident. Uh, he deserves it. Like all of these things. And I think what's important is, is we can often watch things and see things from this, uh, holier than thou. I would never do that. How could somebody do that? Mm -hmm. And this movie sort of sucks you right into it and says, don't be so quick to think that, that, that this thought didn't come through your mind. The beauty though, in it is only by God's (laughs) grace. Like it's God's grace that keeps saving me. Not that somehow I'm better than everybody mm. else, but that in that moment of need, I say, Lord, save me. <laughs> yeah. Lord, save me from this desire uh, to think that this would be a better solution. And it and it's interesting that now he doesn't make this terrible. Well, I shouldn't. Okay. Uh, th- it's interesting as the dad gets worse like this, he also then goes through this process of, conversion you might say or or uh conscience his conscience is is provoked because as he when the son dies then he starts thinking about how 
he criticized him and how he made him feel shame. And um, the dad says, uh, recognizes that he raised his son the wrong way or he, you know, so all these things that he didn't see at the moment yeah. at the, at this time of death, it all sort of is clear to him. This was not the way I should have treated yeah. mm. my son. And he says to me though, then he has this dialogue, which I'm assuming is with God. And he says, how did you come to me in my shame? Mm. And you can see this, this possibility that grace comes even in the midst of, like nature, grace is always trying to overwhelm nature. Yeah. You just have to say yes to it. You have to allow it. Um, and so there was this redemptive dynamic that was possible for the dad, even though he did these things or treated his kids this way. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, we could do movie reviews all day, I think. Um, so we've got just a couple of minutes left in the first half hour of the show. Uh, I, th I thought, I wonder what other people think about this. We do Father Barron's review. You know, I know yeah. whenever we do a movie, it's like, where's Father Barron? So he's yeah. got to have something to say, you know. Well, I looked into <laughs> Huffington Post. Oh. Um, and what I found interesting was an underlying assumption in the text that was definitely secular. And um, the, the proposal that, of course, this is all random. Oh, life. Oh, and, oh, look, the movie's given a metaphysical look that, oh, what if, like, kind of, oh, Job, and maybe sure. there's, you know, this this divine light yeah. at the beginning and the end. Maybe God is present even in the, the, the suffering and the questions of why. But it was coming from the secular view of, like, well, this is random. Life right. is random. Like, and we come at it from the view that says, no, this isn't random. Right. We started the show with Providence, right? right? So right when you said that, I'm like, oh, Huffington Post is like completely on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. Like there is a whole this but that this is humanity. And humanity, there are people that live with fully different worldviews than sure. what I have. And that when they approach something, they have a completely different understanding of what they bring into this encounter. And just to see the Huffington Post, I'm like, oh, no, you're missing the point. Like, no, this is not random at all. But these are the great questions sure. of life. And to be able to watch a movie that kind of puts us in the middle of that grace and nature. And so Huffington Post, anyway, they give a review. Sure. They liked it. Yeah. But they kind of came at it from a, definitely a secular mm. uh, viewpoint. So as we wrap up here in uh, the first Quit half hour. No, I, I just thought you were going to do wait. Baron. I wanted to hear what oh. Baron. <laughs> oh, can we <laughs> no. come back? Do we need we to come can, back? We have to come back. I wanted we only to hear got what Baron. 40, 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, just to wrap up here, just knowing that uh, you know that that God's providence is present in the, uh, even when we watch these movies, that they impact us in great ways and they get, allow us and challenge us to see the world differently. So I hope you enjoyed the movie of the month. If you haven't seen it, get out there and watch the Tree of Life. You're joining us here at Rutten Radio on. The Real Presence Network will be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. 
Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. RPR is looking for an enthusiastic marketing director to help with overall marketing efforts. You'll be a key part of the development and execution of marketing plans to reach targets from brand awareness to mission promotion. This position requires a visionary and creative individual who can take the lead and focus our marketing for RPR activities and create a unified approach for the network. Degree in marketing, communication, or related field preferred? For a copy of this job description, email tonya at yourcatholicradiostation.com or call 877-795-0122. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. This is Father Nick Nelson of the Diocese of Duluth. The best definition of secularism was given to me by one of my theology professors. He said, Secularism is where and when it is easier not to believe than to believe. Where and when it is easier not to live your faith than to live your faith. And I thought this definition was comparable to the reality of a desert. We live in a desert of secularism. And while you can't just add water to the desert and have the entire desert turn into a lush jungle of life overnight, you can create small places of abundant, flourishing life. We call these oases. Likewise, while you can't change the entire world into a Catholic culture overnight, we can and must create oases within the desert of secularism. Oases where the abundant Catholic life can flourish. First and foremost is the home, the family. Secondarily, the parish. These must become oases where the fullness of the Catholic faith is proclaimed, celebrated, and lived. And I believe Real Presence Radio is also an oasis where we can retreat from the desert and be nourished with the truth, Jesus Christ himself. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. Welcome back to Rutten Radio here on the Real Presence Network. We're coming at you uh, from the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls and Hey, I'm here with my brother, Father John, pastor in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and Father Paul, pastor at Immaculate Conception up in Watertown, South Dakota. And we just finished the first half hour. Wow, what a great first half hour, a conversation about Lent and Ash Wednesday and all that happening here today to kick things off and a great way to kind of punch in and get going with Lent in a a renewed way. If you missed the first half hour, boy, this thing will be on the, uh, the Real Presence podcasts. And yep. so you can jump in there and check that out. It'd be worth looking at. I le- I really gained a good insight from that. That's going to change my, my day to day and my Lent. And then we jumped into uh, tree of life or movie of the month. And if you haven't seen tree of life, get out there, go see tree of life. It's fantastic. And we had a good review. Father John, you were even thinking maybe we wanted to follow up with a comment here in the second half hour before we jumped into our other programming. Yeah, I just wanted to hear what Bishop Barron had to say. Uh, They had asked us if some people had asked about us watching Bird Box and doing that one. Uh, Bishop Barron does Bird Box. 
uh, and he does just fine. So we figured we wouldn't. And then I discovered that Bishop Barron also did Tree of Life. Hmm. Uh, so Bishop Barron's done almost all of our movies. <laughs> Anyways, no, we don't no, really go down his list. He didn't do Goonies. He didn't do Goonies. We should write him. No, but, but, but Bishop Barron really, actually, a lot of what we said, he also talked about that reality of nature and grace. Um, and I think here's the one thing that, and, and we'll move on, that I think is important. You had said that Huffington Post, right. we need grace. We need grace. Otherwise, we will be Huffington Post. Like, life looks like a series of random things. Mm -hmm. Your friend. Mm -hmm. It was grace that made him connect the dots. And if I keep thinking that it's not grace that makes me connect these dots, then I'm going to try to figure out what do I need to do to make you connect the dots? What do I need to do? All these things. Um, So it was this reality of seeing it's not random. But... Only by God's grace can I understand it's not random. Right. Otherwise, I'm the Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. And this ability, what I liked about the movie again, and then we'll move on, is it didn't tell me what to think. Hmm. I, again, so we could all walk away and we could all come from it in our own perspective. And, and, and what would be helpful is to, to talk to the person from the Huffington Post so right. that I could say, wow. I, I can see where you're coming from. But had it not been for this moment of grace in my life, I'd, I'd, I'd be two thumbs up with you too. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like this ability. And that might be the natural place. I mean, maybe we could have a little more compassion right. toward the Huffington and, and, Post's position in light of the fact that it's a gift to us that we've received right. Right. that makes it possible for yep. us not to see that way. Yeah. And, and as Thomas Aquinas will say, grace works with nature. So the nature is always in there, and it's the grace that we need to receive. And, and So you can watch Bishop Barron. He'll do a great job right. as well, uh, explaining, highlighting all of those things. Well, in the second half hour, we thought we'd kind of talk about what we've been up to a little bit. And I know you fellas, um, you guys work a lot, and <laughs> a lot of people joke about the weekend two-day deal. You know, you got a kind of a nice gig. But the reality is, is we know that you're overworked. I, I think most people out there know that our priests are stretched, that you have a lot of responsibilities, that your parishes expect a lot out of you, just because as people, we expect a lot out of others. And um, But you guys kind of refresh, too. You, it seems to me that as your brother that I observe, you know, you know when to get out, unplug, take some time spiritually, uh, just a vacation, nature, you know, get out, go on vacation, get away with some friends for a little while or, or friendship with your brother priests even. And, uh, I, this last month I noticed that you guys were gallivanting around the United <laughs> States and you found yourself up in New York, yes, hanging out in the grand city, the big apple, New York city for this thing that you guys have been going to for a little while. And I'll be honest with you for a while, I had no idea what you were doing. I'm like, they, they're going to this encounter deal. I don't know. It's New York encounter. And I really had no idea for a couple of years what it was. And then all of a sudden I found out, oh, it's this great gathering of people. And both of you and a bunch of other people went out there and I saw, well, tell us a little bit, tell the audience myself about what is New York encounter, what brought you out there and what's the spirit behind it? Well, in its simple form, it's three days of a public cultural event intentionally in the heart of New York City, which offers the opportunity for education, uh, for dialogue, dialogue in a way of more than just like commentary back and forth, but a dialogue, a sharing of ideas and friendship. Um, 
So it is held once a year, and there's always a theme to it. Um, and the intention, it grew out of an event in Italy, which was um, originated from some young people who were um, gathering together in the summertime, and they thought, well, we should we want to share with each other the things that we've encountered over these days. And so they started preparing and coming together in the summertime in Rimini in the seaside city and sharing these things. In uh, uh, what, Rimini? Italy. In All Italy. Right. Uh, and so if you can think of it in that way, like, oh, yeah, over the year at, at Mount Marty, this is the things that I'm, oh, yeah. And so you meet up with somebody that you know from a different place and you say, oh, yeah, and this is what you're sharing and this is what you're doing. So All if right. you can think of it in that terms. Uh, but Pope Benedict talked about the importance of faith uh, becoming uh, an intelligence of reality, that faith faith and reality have a connection. And that's sort of the, the reason for all of this is the New York encounter is based off this desire to see if the claim Pope Benedict made is true, that the intelligence, the dynamic of faith should become a reality, should become a life. And I think it, in a way it, 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 it's part like when you introduce it, I think this is actually at work in my own life. It just hit me. When you say we're out there like gallivanting and doing all these things, I'm kind of like, well, no, I'm working. No, you're not. You're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, so this is the thing. Like increasingly, my work is my life. Right. And so people can look at life. I think if a priest is like bogged down or unhappy or like arduous, then we think he's working or something. And then if he's joyful and enjoying what he's doing and having fun, then we think you're doing the vacation side of your life or something. The truth of the matter is, uh, if if anyone went to a Steubenville conference as a priest, you wouldn't say you were, you would say you're working, you know, you're out there at a conference and well, it's the same thing, but there is this dynamic where I can see this truth is at work. Faith has become a reality. I have less and less of my life where it's like, Oh, this is my time off. And then this is where I work. No, it's my yeah. life. No. I, and and so, I would agree with you there. I, the New York encounter piece, I think the difference was, was that I never understood it was a faith experience it had anything to do with yeah. faith. I was just like, Oh, there's this New York encounter thing. Like that. It was just a secular cultural arts or kind of, and then yeah. it's like, oh, wait a minute. Well, <laughs> it is. It's both. Like it's, yes. a, it's an encounter with the world in a way that says, how does faith live or breathe? Or ex how do I experience and encounter it within my lens of what I see or understand God to be? Yeah. Um, so it was more of a unity. It was an integrity. It was a bringing together. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like, well, and I feel blessed to kind of be in the same way. I don't oftentimes feel like I'm working. Right. I'm just living, like I'm doing what's in front of me. I'm doing what God's called me to do. And I don't know that I separate like work, family, vocation. Like there is a difference. There's a quality, there's a presence, but like, I don't wake up and say, oh, now at eight o'clock to five o'clock, I'm on the job or that I'm working. Well, at least I don't feel like I'm working. I yeah, feel yeah. like I'm just doing, I'm living. Yeah. So. And, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So I think that's that's at play here. Right. So you're out there in front of something that's really dynamic in a way it looks at all of life. So there was talks on uh, loneliness. Yeah. There was a yeah. talk on on Beyond the Moon about uh, exoplanets. The like uh, there was a talk on um, 
servant of God, uh, someone who is going to be canonized. Do you have to choose a... between talks? This would be For terrible. For the most part, no, but you just, <laughs> you just can't, you, you can't do it all. You, you can't just do it, it all. Exhaust. But you How many can, people? But you can go to YouTube uh, and New York Encounter. Can I watch Loneliness? And you can watch yeah. Loneliness. Oh, so tell everybody out there listening. Hey, I'm telling, if you're out there listening, this stuff's like really, really interesting. So where do they come across this I'll stuff? I'll put it out on our Facebook page. But New York Encounter. Radio. New York Encounter. New York Encounter 2019. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's out already. You guys they're are slowly yeah. coming out. Yep. There's, they're slowly putting them back out. Yeah. Um, and then and then there's like a talk on a saint or there's these people who, right. you know. There's exhibits. Uh, I Bob Dylan. Oh, they really? talked about Bob no Dylan, Jason yeah. Heron at Mount Marty. Bob's gonna freak. Dylan That's gonna be my Bob commentary. Dylan. So let's oh, turn it over to you. No, yeah. You start. So, you so, go so first, here's, and here's, then I want to talk about a couple about things Bob that Dylan. I think were really <laughs> beneficial that I saw. One, there's no registration, which is totally foreign to anything you ever go to. There's no name badge. There's no lanyard. There's no fee. You just walk through the doors, like there's nothing, and it like blows my mind because I'm like, well, then how do you plan for right. like all that stuff? Uh, but the beauty of it is you can invite anyone at any moment. Well, come on over. Well, I didn't. Well, there's no registration. Just come on over. Well, I don't have any money. Well, it doesn't cost anything. Come on over. Like there's this real freedom to invite people to be a part of it. And so for me, I think what was really fascinating was we had finished the talk on loneliness, which I still can't figure out if the woman was Christian or not, but she'd been raised Sufi, which is a what, not mystical, Kinda. spiritual right. Islam. In a way. Anyway, so she was raised Sufi. And then we had this professor from Boston College, uh, which we presume was Catholic Christian, but didn't matter. Because they were talking about something so hum human uh, on loneliness and this real challenge in our culture. Well, we went to get a cup of coffee and we went down the street and went around the corner and there was this fancy Swedish coffee shop. So I go in and this lady at the counter, standing there at the counter says, what is going on around here? And I'm like, what? She's like, you're the third person dressed like that that's coming to this coffee shop. I've come to this coffee shop my whole, like for the last whatever, whatever. I live upstairs. You people don't come into this coffee shop. What are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, uh. And I said, well, we're at a conference around the corner at the Metropolitan. Uh, we had a great talk on loneliness. And she's like, really? She's like, like a Catholic loneliness? And I, no, actually the lady was Sufi. She's like, so like a Jewish person? like have come to this. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was like, it was the most amazing thing about what causes loneliness. And, and as I'm talking to her, she like turns and like looks right at me. And my friend Rick was like, you could just see her mm -hmm. like open up at first. She was closed to this whole, like, right. what are you people doing here? <laughs> uh, and then she was like, am I really, I could really, mm. cause I know loneliness, right? you know, like we all know loneliness. And so for me, that was the beauty was, it was for the first time I could say to someone, you really could come join us right now. Right. Normally we would say next year, <laughs> you will, you sign up, you pay your fee and you come join us. Mm -hmm. uh, but the loneliness talk, because the lady at Boston college, one of her requirements in her class, they have to go on a date. And she said, it's one of the hardest things for <laughs> yeah, her students. That was so fascinating. They have to go on a real date. And she said, she has to explain how it works. She has to give them parameters, but she said it's the most stressful part of the class because no. they don't know how to date. And she's like, you can just even make the date coffee, but it's got to be a date. You've got to ask the other person all of these things. Um, yeah. So, but this idea of loneliness, like 
we're lonely. Mm. Yeah. I, th- uh, so. I think what you just shared is the new, that's everything. And from this point forward, whatever right. is said is conjecture and it's just a filling out. And this so as it. two Catholic priests, you had mentioned, you know, how does the faith fit into the perspective or the proposals given in the sense that you feel very comfortable? Is it a natural presentation that it appeals to the nature of all humanity or is there a faith component? Like, <laughs> it, do you have de- mass? it depends. Do you have mass or confessions? Yeah, yeah or? there's mass um, at the end of it. Uh, uh, there's no confessions. There's no adoration. Uh, I remember the first year I went there, a guy was sitting there. He had brought his, uh, high school son there. They lived in upstate New York. And, um, and so he was just wandering around and he was like, why is there no adoration here? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I kind of was wondering the same thing too. You know, I mean, it's like, it's such a different thing that we're used to that we come to it with our idea of how this event should be, but it's a cultural event. Uh, you know, the, the, the charism of communion liberation is responsible for this people. Gotcha. It's not of the movement, but people right, of the movement right. put it on. And that so they sense. have spiritual retreats and they're Catholic and their thing. But the reason for being here isn't to make everybody right. Catholic. The reason for being here is to have a place of dialogue, a place of uh, discussion. Gotcha. And so the theme. It's not a typical Catholic conference in the sense that we're thinking where. It wasn't the focus seat conference. It's, yeah. Right. No, right. It's no. an encounter with culture. It's a human encounter. Yeah. Well, what do you, what is, what's it called? Encounter? Encounter. New York encounter. I mean, the idea yeah, is. So the, a, the theme, I mean, underneath it all is faith and right. is a proposal, but it's a recognition that the the challenge we have today isn't is that we don't know ourselves as a human person anymore, right. and so it's really trying to just help people take more human positions. Right. And you are going to have people that maybe are on different sides of things, but you aren't going to have somebody that's like totally off base. You're. Have you ever had like the uncle who maybe isn't practicing Catholic or isn't even maybe a Catholic, but they're really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves them. Everybody wants to hear from them. It's basically like taking this person and and like seeing what is it about this person, mm-hmm. and 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 then you put him in dialogue with another person, and then someone moderates it, and then the other people watching it. I might disagree with something they're saying. As a matter of fact, in the loneliness talk, I I really had. The first question was about God and man and which which comes first. And are we lonely because of the relationships with people are absent or are we lonely because our relationship with God is absent and which one comes first or after? I wanted to spend hours talking about that, but I'm not in charge. And so they went a different direction. Uh, so that's kind of what it is. So underneath But then that, you get to go have that conversation with friends and people that you came yeah. there with or other people yeah. in the conference outside in the hall after the... Yeah. Yes, and that's what's so enlivening about it is you have all of these dialogues going on and you're like, what'd you think of this? And I thought of this and- I do not need another thing to do, but I probably need to go to- You know what though? You would have loved the one on education. So fascinating. Really? The one line that was was so great, we often give answers to questions that haven't been asked. Hmm. (laughs) That's off. That's a terrible- Yeah, no, education. Like, what is the point of the whole thing? Uh, you know, and the papal nuncio was there. Mm-hmm. Archbishop oh, really? oh, yeah, Christophe yeah, 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 Pierre yeah. was there. Uh, Cardinal O'Malley was supposed to be there, but he had the Pope. He was with the Pope. So uh, the Pope trumped right. it. Uh, so there's priests there. There were nuns there. Right. Uh, so there are hierarchy within the church. There's all kinds of people uh, in, in the midst of it all. How many uh, people would you say attended? I think they say 10,000. 
It's hard to it's tell. It's hard to tell though because everybody just kind of like and coming goes. and going, and there's it's fascinating. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, so and like so at who, the end who, of it, who went from around here? Uh, who I went think, from? Well, if, you so know, this our listening is audience isn't, is very broad, but it, you know, from the diocese or from your friendships or relationships, you guys didn't just jump on a train and go by yourself. You guys flew out with some people. Yeah, there were there were over twenty five people from South Dakota oh, that really? went, and they. Uh, mostly like Eastern, Southeastern, South Dakota. Uh, and then there were a few people who are from South Dakota that maybe are at the University of St. Thomas or from different places. Right. So, um, and it's, it's one of these things where it also is different in that I'm not really like in charge of anybody. Father Paul isn't in charge of anybody. Everybody goes there like as a friendship and you run into people. And then what we've done is at the end of, on Sunday, there's a big mass that starts the day. And then at the end of the day, South Dakota has a dinner at a restaurant down the street. And we just get an opportunity to come together and say, Oh, I met this person or this happened to me, or I like this or yep. so. Wow. Yeah, it was good. Do you want to talk though about, uh, yeah. So the, the dynamic of one of the things that I found fascinating, I mean, there's, you can go endlessly, but there was this, there was this discussion on rock and roll and it talked about Elvis Presley. Um, uh, Bob Dylan and David Bowie. And the, the recognition was that there's something in Bob Dylan's music that resonates right. with people. And he mm -hmm. really didn't want to be claimed by the culture of his time. He was speaking from the people of his time, but he didn't want, he was always trying to say, I'm not your poster boy for these things. Um, and so there was this, part about David Elvis Presley that started it out and you could he the presenter said you can see in these videos of Elvis like you can see him disintegrating oh yeah and the question was posed what is it to be a person in front of all of these people and they showed this you know and you can just imagine all of the fans all of the people sucking and I thought of one of my most difficult times is after mass and like people want to, oh, father, can I, you know, I have this question or father can do this. And my thing is always, can you email me? Cause I can't remember it. Like email yep. me this. Well, I'm thinking of Elvis. Like they don't want just help with something or want to share something. They want Elvis and you just like lose yourself. So mm -hmm. it sh talked about that. But then he put up David Bowie and he said, and David Bowie got sober, I guess. I don't know oh. much about David Bowie, but David Bowie got sober and a year after the anniversary of um, uh, Freddie Mercury dying, there's a video of David Bowie. And the presenter says, you'll find this nowhere. They write about it in no anthologies. They don't talk about it in any biographies. You'll find it in none of, nothing about David Bowie. But the one year anniversary, he is at a stadium filled with people. And David Bowie wants to remember his friend, Freddie Mercury. No way. And what does he do but gets down on one knee and recites the Our Father? Wow. How is it that you find yourself able to thrive or live in front of all of these people? Mm. Grace. Yeah. Grace. But the world isn't going to tell you that that's what David Bowie was, how he was able to thrive in front of it. So this presentation, then we go to the presentation on Chiara Corbella um, Petrillo. Oh. And she's a servant of God. So her cause has just been opened. And yeah, her, she's a young young. She has, young always lady. has the patch right, on her right, eye right, whenever right. you see her. There's two Chiaras, though. Yeah, but she's the dark-haired one. 
There's a dark. Well, I they're guess, both they're both dark hair, but one's darker. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. they're but both Italian. The, they're both beautiful. Yep, they're both. Yep, yep. Yeah. So she had Only two one children that that died right at birth, and then she had a third child that she got cancer during this pregnancy, and then the child was born, and then she eventually died. Uh, but her husband, in these videos, you can see him when they got married as this strong, you know, man. Looked, looks like he comes off a magazine cover. And then in this video, when he's going through this suffering, the trial, he looks like he just got done drinking a six pack, you know, or like a six pack of vodka or something. He's like totally distraught. Um, but then he's there at the New York encounter in the presentation about his wife. And he, he, he was there on. Yeah. Yes. And he had like salt and pepper hair. He looked totally different than these other two things. And all I could think of is this man is becoming a saint. He radiated a yeah. presence out of his face. He looked like he, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And so there was all this stuff about Kiara and about, but I couldn't help taking these two presentations that the human person is who God redeems. And it's a human person. It's Elvis. It's David Bowie. It's Kiara Corbella. It's, it's Enrique. Uh, it's me. And you can see it happen in a person. So as Elvis is like disintegrating, I can see this man in front of me as doing something even more than David Bowie, mm-hmm. which is he, he's allowing grace even more to in, intake his life. And you can see it in him. The man is like radiating grace. Mm. Uh, and it's one of the things that just keeps coming back to me. Like God wants re- to redeem a person. How do you stand in front of the world? You recognize you don't have what you need to stand mm. on your knees. Mm-hmm. Our Father. All right. Well, Joe? and you, Joe? <laughs> we got uh, three minutes left. Um, <laughs> no, he could just talk yeah. more about the New York encounter. I mean, so if just in the presence of this, it's I, I find what I find fascinating is my background in education is in, in evangelization and catechesis. How is it that we propose the gospel and sure. then train up humans, us? in um, an encounter with Jesus Christ systematically to some degree from a catechetical standpoint. And I just look and I look and I think, how, how did this happen in the beginning? I'm always very fascinated by like, what made Polycarp, you know, who was a disciple of John, yep. who is standing at the cross, what made him, and how did that work? And like, he didn't have a book and a program probably. There's no Bible written at that point, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> what? And that's where I've, I've, it what I'm realizing here is why the road to Emmaus is so powerful to me is because I, I, in why the encounter seems is because it seems that the road to Emmaus and the encounter have a similar experience to it. That is evangelical, mm-hmm. that it's a proposal of a gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's also a walking with it's a narration. It's an entry into, they had the Bible. They had the, they had the, no, it said they were, they were, it said that he opened up the, the scriptures to them, which is the Hebrew scriptures. Right. So, so it's like Christ, they have an encounter with Christ and then Christ catechizes them. Right. It's not like, right. It's not like the director of faith formation catechized the two disciples about Jesus. Jesus is present amongst us now. Right. Right. 
And so, but boy, is that challenging but, for a guy that right. wants to systematically organize a parish or a church sure. or a, a, a school? Or... <laughs> yeah. And so that was where the education was so fascinating because if they haven't asked the question, why are you telling them the answer? Uh, so if I so... haven't asked this question about my humanity, Jesus Christ isn't the answer then. I got some work to do, fellas. Uh, but it was beautiful. I mean, it really right. was. The education room was phenomenal because right. he had to teach poetry to eighth graders. Oh, yeah. And I think the New York encounter is summed up in the exchange between you and this woman. Yeah. She says, who are you people? She recognizes an event. Something is different right. here. And she turns. Yep. This is the proposal. It's a person well, she sees in a person. Right. And, and so then the got, freedom got, to just let her... The other thing was the freedom to just let her be. Like, I didn't drag her to the encounter. I didn't, you know, so. Let's pray on our <laughs> Let, Let's play in our Father. We're uh, running it, out it, of time. We're out of time. <laughs> God bless you all. We look forward to being with you. Have a great Lent. Just touch a base with us on Facebook. Let us pray in the name of the Father, <laughs> the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And thy, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. ValueVisor helps people and businesses discover, improve, and get the value from their businesses. With multi-certified valuation and mergers and acquisition advisors, they understand the complexities of valuations and negotiating in the mergers and acquisitions marketplace. For more information, you can contact Jameson Rounds, Managing Partner of ValueVisor at 605-370-6931 or online at valuevisor.com. Real estate through Murphy Business, Dakota Lakes. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, first communion, and confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. Father Braun asked me if I considered being a deacon. I says, okay, I'll think about it. So I went to a meeting, and uh, for two years, I actually prayed about it. Even coming back from the lake on a weekend, I spent two hours by myself in a car and prayed about, Jesus, are you going to tell me not to do this? Please make a sign that you don't want me to be a deacon. Well, I figured no sign was a sign to do it. He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just let me do it. So I got in the program, and and for about uh, seven years, I did formation and became ordained about uh, three years ago. And it's been actually a wonderful trip, making us closer and closer to Jesus Christ. 
and we could never do this without them. And I got to be honest with you, uh, when this radio sta station started in 2006, I believe, I started listening to it, and I learned a lot about my faith on this radio station. If it wasn't for this radio station, I wouldn't be sitting here today. And that is the honest truth. RPR is looking for an enthusiastic marketing director to help with overall marketing efforts. You'll be a key part of the development and execution of marketing plans to reach targets from brand awareness to mission promotion. This position requires a visionary and creative individual who can take the lead and focus our marketing for RPR activities and create a unified approach for the network. Degree in marketing, communication, or related field preferred? For a copy of this job description, email Tonya at yourcatholicradiostation.com or call 877-795-0122.